Running Light Ministry podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. This is the Better Pleasure podcast. My name is Bo. I'm Peter. And we're with Running Light Ministries, and we're actually here um, at a conference, a Calvary Tucson conference. Um, 2017. And so if you hear the noise in the background, that is actually the service that's going on, right? Yeah, that's right. So, but uh, me and Peter are just kicking back and we thought, hey man, let's do a podcast. And uh, we got, uh, you know, the setup. So let's do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, it's kind of interesting being at a conference because you get a chance to have all these leaders around um, and they're... Um, you know, hopefully coming to our booth and they're able to maybe get some material to take back to their churches. That's really our desire anyway, Yeah. Um, is that they get something to uh, do at their church, you know, something that uh, revolves around issues of pornography and sexual immorality in the Bible. And But what I find is I almost feel like at these conferences, it's like I'm trying to lay this foundation for everybody <laughs> that I'm talking to. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, when someone comes up and we tell them what our ministry is about, usually they kind of, they're taking a little bit of back. And then uh, uh, they'll ask <laughs> questions like, you know, what, what do you mean? Because all I'll say is like, hey, we deal with, you know, sexual sin, that kind of thing. And, and they'll be like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, and I yeah. got to talk about what I mean by that, you know, with the issues of lust and the heart. Because what people are mo- mas- uh, mainly expecting me to say at that point is they're expecting me to say, well, we deal with pornography issues and sex addiction. Right. Um, that's that's kind of what the the church has proposed. Yeah, uh, that's the popular kind of notion, right? That's right. Is that you know sex addiction? <laughs> we're gonna we're hammering pornography, anti-porn. <laughs> and then when I start talking about stuff, uh, because immediately when a, a pastor or leader comes up to me, their mind is instantly like, oh, like the people who struggle with with sexual sin and at the end of my talk with them what i'm hoping is that they'll see like oh no they're dealing with everybody's heart that struggles in any type of way with lust and, and all that yeah which and is a hard concept right it's a hard kind of get across that's a hard concept and i, I usually kind of start that off by telling them like hey and i i still struggle with sexual sin and, and they're like what that will really take them aback <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, well, what, do you, what do you mean by that yeah you know? they're, they're like blown away by yeah. that <laughs> you know yeah, no, I, I, I see that too. I almost feel like the foundation that we're kind of trying to lay with people is is just that one of like, hey, you know, uh, there's there's these issues that seem like um, aren't getting taken care of in the body of Christ. And I've had people kind of look at me like, what? Like, really? And I'm like, yeah, even in a teaching uh, kind of atmosphere like Calvary Chapel, you know, where it's very teaching heavy and, and they're kind of blown away. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, what I mean is like, you know, it's like when, when it's, it's not just teaching the Bible, but it's like kind of living it, living in these, what we call these graces, you know, living with this confessional life and this culture of accountability and these type of things. And, and you could tell they're kind of like, what, like, huh, this is weird. That's what I mean by laying that foundation. Yeah. I think you're talking about too is, is trying to help people just understand that the ministry is trying to deal with this underlying foundation of 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 um, of, of a problem, yeah. and 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 there's this problem that we're not addressing. Um, how to um, minister better to people is through our own 
um, life of accountability and confessional lives and things like that and being vulnerable on the stage and and it's okay we don't have to be in depth we don't have to get rude or crude about things but we can certainly just be open and vulnerable yeah. of, of that we battle and this is what we do when we battle yeah. this is what it looks like um, and um, uh, and I could tell people are kind of floored I've had a few conversations now that I could tell people are just like whoa this that's a different it's like a different concept to them yeah they're just not used to it. <laughs> so it's funny because uh, even though we're, we're uh, a ministry that certainly has a lot of groups that deal with, uh, you know, sexual issues, um, golly, we're, uh, it seems like we're actually laying a foundation that kind of goes way uh, beyond that, yeah. you know, to, to, to leaders here at the conference. Yeah, because yeah. once again, even, even if this topic is breached uh, in a church, environment it usually is breached in the sense of like sex addiction pornography and it's very talked about in those kind of derogatory terms yeah and so if you're in the congregation you're struggling in these areas you definitely feel like you're being talked down to yeah and you definitely feel like i'm kind of like this weird pariah person and and that's what we're trying to get rid of right is yeah. like the people in our groups because we we've worked in these groups for long enough now where you know, we see their hearts and we see that they're a lot of times I think me and you probably think like, you know, these guys are going through more than probably they need to go through, you know, so they don't need to be going through um, the, 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 the weirdness, the feeling of weird, like yeah. I'm weird to battle sin. Yeah. But they are. And that's what bums <laughs> us out. Yeah. You yeah, know, that this is this should be the norm of how the church functions. Yeah. Hey, we're we're gonna bring on a guest, um, and you can talk to him a little bit about his story and kind of just go in with it. Um, I'll take a break, go hang out with my wife over there. <laughs> um, um, but uh, it'll be cool. That's what's cool about the conference too. We get to meet people that listen to the podcasts, and we get to interview them and check. Yeah. You know. So anyway, here here you go. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So we're at the uh, 2017 Pastors and Leaders Conference, and I'm here with Josh Holly from yeah. up in Calvary North Phoenix. Uh, so Josh, just real quick, you want to give a little of your testimony? Yeah, um, I mean, it's probably pretty typical from, you know, a lot of people out there. Um, I, um, about eight years old, I, um, uh, my dad managed an apartment complex, so they were cleaning out an apartment, and I found a, I found a, a tape, and I, I it, it's funny, because, like, without any labeling on it, without any kind of cover, like, I knew what it was. It was weird. Yeah. Like, I knew it, and, um, you know, I put it in, and. You know, I watched it in my room, and uh, and like that was the beginning. And um, yeah, yeah. Was your family were they were they Christian or no, they more secular? No, um, my family was. You know, they, my mom um, and my dad were kind of. Um, you know, they were really not involved, but involved. Like they were there, but not there. Right. Um, so no, far from Christians. Um, yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. yeah so after uh, after you watched that tape, how do you think that impacted you and your life going forward? It immediately started a a trend. Even before this, my whole objective was just like sex. Like that's all it was. Like, yeah. like if I saw a girl, like my my main objective was to kiss or some kind of physical. Like that's what it was. But after that. It was, it was completely like this is what my, well this is my life now like this is all I want to see this is all I want to do yeah. and it was like every day like every day 
Yeah, you know, trying to either watch, sneaking around, getting Playboys from friends' house. You know, that was like my, that was like my thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was just bondage. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, nowadays, I know you and me were talking about this earlier, but nowadays you don't have to go to a friend's house to get a Playboy. Right. You know, you got your right. phone, you got yep. your tablet mm-hmm. uh, just at the house. And so, you know, kids as young as 10, 11 years old could get access to, like, hardcore-type yeah. pornography where, yeah. you know, back in your day it's just yeah. pictures. Yeah. You know, that's, that's about as intense as you could get. Um, but wh- when would you say you, you, uh, you started to have a relationship with God? So, <coughs> 2012, I gave my life to the Lord. Um, a background to that is I met my wife. Um, we were not married, but we were living together. Um, and uh, and I was I was battling with sobriety at the time. I was a heavy drinker and I was a heavy uh, weed user and. So when I met my wife, I, I started feeling the conscience of like, hey, I can't live my life like this, mm-hmm. you know, you know. So um, I was battling with sobriety for about four years and, um, you know, I got sober for a couple months, you know, and then I just went on this crazy meth binge. Yeah. And, um, you know, that um, that really spun me out of control. I started looking at deeper things like things that have always been in my heart like um you know rape pornography and, and things like that things that were just deeper that you know that have always been there yeah. but meth just kind of like said all right like there's no more boundaries yeah so my wife found out about that and we we ended up getting into a fight and you know she ended up calling the cops on me so i moved out to tucson that's when i gave my life to the lord when i had lost everything it was at the end of myself and after i got saved i started hiding my sexual sin with religion, you know, that's kind of the church I was going to. That's kind of what it was. Like, yeah. we don't talk about that here. Like, we don't <laughs> talk about sex here. Like, yeah. we don't, oh, you're struggling with that? Struggle in silence. We'll pray for you, but yeah. don't bring that up. Now, were they were they open about talking about your, your alcohol and your drug use? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was something that they were, you know, they put on display during outreaches you yeah. know give that part of your testimony but don't mention yeah. sex. Like, <laughs> don't, sexual sin yeah, just leave that out yeah don't touch that worry about your drug addiction tell them that god cured you of that so it became a part of me that you know i would i would go masturbate and watch porn and then go hold outreaches you know and right not yeah. even really thinking that like there's something growing and festering inside me yeah and then i moved back in with my wife um by the grace of god we got married and you know started doing things right and it was still there, you know, it was still, yeah. it was still there and it wasn't being dealt with. Yeah. And, you know, I went and told my wife one day and she knew that I would, you know, she knew I watched stuff. She knew I was she okay with that? When I first met her, it was, it was tolerable. Right. But as it progressed, you know, and what my excuse was before I got saved was, Every guy does this, right. you know. This is just what we do. Like yeah. you just gotta, you gotta deal with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's just <laughs> that's where that was, and um, she was not okay with it by any means. After a while, yeah. And then, you know, and then I went and told her, you know, I'm still struggling with this, and it broke her. Like it broke her. She, um, she was com- and she was just completely broken about it. She was yeah. like, uh. You know, like, am I not good enough? You know, and and it's not that she's not good enough. It's 
this is something inside me that, you know, I mean, my wife is enough. When I, when I stop and I think about the love of Christ and the love for my wife, she's enough. You know what I mean? Like, she's completely enough. But um, there's this faulty desire inside me that says, hey, you want this. And it's fake. It's not real. Like, love of my wife is real. That's real. Like, that's God-ordained and God-blessed. And that's a real love. Um, the things that I that I look for are are just something to um, get a real quick pleasure off of something that I can act like you know that I want that I really don't want you know but it's but I do want it yeah you know and it's it's hard to explain because you know even even the people I talk to and interact with about this they have the same pull they're like man i want this but i really don't want it (laughs) but i want it you know it's it's yeah right it's total roman seven situation right Mm -hmm. oh wretched man that i am and uh yeah yeah who's gonna deliver me and uh yeah i think that what you just said josh is gonna it, it probably resonates with uh quite a few people you know, where, you know, we, we have this beautiful relationship, you know, and I tell people, you know, it's like the love that I have for my wife, you know, pornography is nothing like that. Like it, it could never be like that because when you're watching porn, what you're watching is you're just watching two people having sex and it's quick and it's fast and it's yeah. fun, you yeah. know, and it feels good, yeah. but there's none of the context that I have within my marriage of the, the love that I share with my wife and the years of intimacy that we have with one another and all the stuff we do non-sexual and sexual. I mean, it's just, it's so much deeper than pornography could ever be. And the problem with my heart and the problem with your heart is certainly not the level of intimacy I have with my wife. The problem with my heart is Proverbs 27. The eyes of man are never full, neither the pits of hell and destruction. You know, so there's something wrong with my heart where I I feel like I need more and more, even though what I really need, what I really, what's really going to complete me in my heart is actually my love and affiliation with Christ, yeah. you know, and when that's solid, when, when I have that fullness with fullness with him, then I could then relate to my wife and I could learn how to, how to serve her as opposed to just seeking something from her, right. you know? Um, so y- your wife at this point, she's, she's not saved, right? No, she is. She, um, I mean, um, at the point of the story, right? Yeah. No, right. she's at this point, she's not saved. Right. Um, so, um, my um, so when I moved back and told her about this, you know, I knew that I needed help and I needed to seek guidance in this because I was taking it fully alone. I wasn't taking it. My view of it was shame, 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 shame on you. Don't do it. Try harder. You'll get it. Right. You know, not going to God, not confessing. I really wasn't confessing to anybody. Like nobody knew about it. Um, so I sought out some brothers and I'd just gone to this church. And so in my mind, it's shame, shame, shame. We don't talk about that. But then I went to my pastor and, you know, told him where I'm at. And there was just so much grace. It's like, all right, dude, like, what's your plan here? Like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, how do you want to live? How do you, how do you want your, we weren't even married at this time. We had just moved in together. We got our marriage license. We didn't have our ceremony yet. So, you know, and then I explained to him that, you know, that we're not, we're not married. And, you know, he's like, dude, let's, let's handle this. Like, let's do this how God wants you to do it. Hmm. So, um, I, 
I told her she was broken, beaten down about it. And, um, you know, as we started walking through this and I started getting involved with brothers and we started to grow with one another and we started to learn what confession was and God started opening a new new kind of realm, I guess you could call it, like a, like a new way, like, hey, dude, like, you're going to fall to this. Yeah. You need brothers that say, hey, man, let's go. Let's keep going. Yeah. And one big part about, you know, my wife before she got saved is she didn't understand forgiveness. She didn't understand grace. And like I was telling you earlier, when you guys came down, that's when she accepted Christ as her Savior. And, um, and now, like even this morning, um, you know, just this ton of grace that she just pours out. And... And she understands it's not her. It's my sinful heart. It's not her appearance. Her as a wife. She's doing a great job. Like She's a great mom. She's a great wife. It's not her. And that's that's something I think the enemy uses and twists, especially to our wives, Yeah. that when we stumble, it's because they did something wrong. And it's just such a lie, man. It's just not true. So, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, so when she got saved, there's this new communication and, mm-hmm. and there's new found like life in your guys' marriage. Um, now, when, when she got saved and as you guys are communicating, like what things are, are really, do you think, most changing? Um, I think our openness to, to talk about these things, as before it was kind of taboo. We don't talk about it. That's just icky. We, you know, we don't want to talk about that here. Like, and... Like, even now, we we sit down and we talk about, like, what's intimacy to you? Like, you know, these are things that we just didn't, we didn't talk about. Like, yeah. and I think understanding the intimacy we have with Christ and putting that into every relationship, your friendships, your, your kids, your wife, <laughs> you start, you have that. And, you know, you really understand that intimacy is is far more than physical touch right it's it's um so that's what's changing most yeah. it's just that understanding of intimacy and you know real love um which is good i mean that's an awesome that's awesome yeah yeah how amazing i mean it's so interesting because like when you go out to the world in secular society uh secular society has recognized one of the problems that you're mentioning that like you know if if someone lives under a strict guideline of what of religion that says like you shouldn't do these things and we find in our hearts a desire to do them anyway it's almost impossible to not identify yourself with that sin and to see yourself as less than a normal person and to to pile on that shame and that guilt that you were talking about and so secular society has seen that they've seen that tendency and their solution has been like oh well we'll just we'll make everything okay and then that shame and guilt will go away but you know with what you're describing it seems like that shame and guilt continued even even in that validation and uh what a what an incredibly painful burden for your wife to bear of thinking because i mean if i think about it it's like you know if, if there is no god and there is no greater intimacy to be had between my heart and his then who else should my wife blame yeah you know if i'm viewing pornography like who can she blame yeah you know if if really marriage is the end all be all yeah. and there's it's not pointing to anything yeah. but it just it is everything you're supposed to have yeah. in sex and intimacy and I'm viewing pornography on top of being my wife I mean how could she not see that as like kind of like a oh like I don't 
I must not measure up in my husband's eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be absolutely impossible. So it's so ironic that the secular world is trying to validate everything yeah. so that we can have openness and communication and love. And really, it's leading to the opposite. Like, yeah. like momentary, like you said, in the beginning of the relationship, yeah. she was like, cool, you know, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But then over time, it like it goes back in on itself. Yeah. And then it collapses the whole structure, which is just uh, yeah. so such an interesting little insight there, yeah. uh, for sure. Definitely. And uh, since your uh, talk with your pastor and talk with these guys, have you noticed um, uh, your, your feelings in church, your feelings of shame and stuff? Have you have you noticed those kind of going away? So, one thing that that really is just has really changed since like understanding God's grace and mercy and his love and, yeah. and that it's b only by his grace we have his grace. And yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I'm pretty transparent, almost to the point of scaring people. Yeah. You know, I mean, and yeah. I mean, you need to know your audience, but at the same time, it's like, this is who I am. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hide anything. Right. And, and that's just kind of what, that's what kind of opening up more. God's like, this is what I want. Like, yeah. this is, and, you know, it's not so much about what other people, like, God doesn't challenge us to confess for other people's sake. Like, he does it for us. Right. And their reactions, their reaction, God will deal with them. Right. Um, so since that, it's been, like, transparency just has, like, God just showed me th the realness of just saying, like, hey, you know, I struggle. Yeah. Like, I need help. I need prayer. I yeah. Mean, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. That's amazing, man. So, you know, uh, you know, just... I hope that, that that helps out anyone who's listening that, you know, if you're struggling in your church, you're struggling, you feel like, dude, you suck and, or yeah. whatever, yeah. just remember that, like, man, we, we all struggle. Yeah. You know, that's the, the lie that the enemy has fed the church is that only people who are terrible struggle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody, your pastor struggles, your leaders struggle. They, we all struggle. Yeah. And it's only when we're open with one another that we realize that, dude, the, the battle against the flesh is very real. It's, it's in all of us. We don't want to do these things, right? As Josh said, you know, I don't want to view porn. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I love my wife. Yeah. I, I have an incredible marriage. You know, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But there's a part of me that does. Yeah, totally. You know, there's a part of me that goes against God, and it, and it does want these things that are bad for me. And I have to be aware of that. You know, and so, yeah, if you're, if you're listening, just remember, you know, it's normal confession, vulnerability, transparency, are so normal in the Bible that it's just, it's a given. It's considered a given. I mean, let me, let me just bring up one passage to illustrate this point. Galatians 6 verse 1 says, You who are overtaken in sin, let one who is spiritual restore you in the spirit of gentleness. Yeah. Now, the obvious question that I could ask Paul, you know, who's writing the book of Galatians, is how on earth am I supposed to know that someone's overtaken in sin? Yeah. You know, unless they're showing up to church, like, drinking a 40, you know, <laughs> like, how am I supposed to know <laughs> right. that that's going on in their life unless they told me about it yeah. at some point? Yeah. So whenever Paul's writing a letter, the, the, the reason why confession, the word confess is actually not mentioned a whole lot in the New Testament, is the opposite of what people think. It was so normal that the author didn't even feel the need to put it in. Yeah. You know, it was just something that was already happening. Yeah. In our culture today, we need to kind of flip it a little bit, though, because we feel like if we confess, if we struggle, there's something wrong with us yeah. when that's actually not true. Right. You know, and, uh, yeah, so thanks for sharing that. Are there any uh, last things you wanted to share? Um, I think a, a big part that the reason we don't confess is, is we're worried about the consequences to it. And, you know, I can 
I can tell you right now that doesn't matter because harboring sin, you know, and and holding that stuff in is just going to affect your relationship with Christ, you know. So you you don't want that, right? Like that's all you have, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, when your friends fail, wife fail, everybody fails, but Jesus is always there, and you know. So definitely be transparent. Like, and I'm speaking to myself because there's times when pride comes up, and I'm like, I don't. Yeah. But, but you need to fight that. You need to fight that because that just affects your relationship with Christ. And, yeah. you know, maybe God's doing something in their heart, the person you're confessing to. Yeah. Maybe they're like, oh, he confessed all that, man. I got to, yeah. you know, let me confess some things to another brother and another brother. You never know what God's doing. So Yeah, definitely. And, and in my life, and I, I know in yours, the way you're sharing that, you know, for me it was Bo. You know, when, when Bo first confessed, it kind of, uh, in front of the the whole congregation, it kind of blew me away. I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, like yeah. that, that's kind of crazy, you know." So when I, it took me a little bit. It took me a couple of years <laughs> to to get the courage to do it. But when I went and I confessed, I went to him. Yeah. Because that that stuck in my mind of right. like, dude, this dude deals with stuff, yeah. you know, and I wanna I wanna talk to someone like that, yeah. and that's 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 who I went to. So, absolutely, you know, confession can have a wonderful, you know, breaking through effect yeah. to the the vulnerability and the transparency of the body as a whole. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed in my marriage, and I'll ask you about yours as well, is that with my wife, uh, the the knowledge that I struggle is a burden on her mm-hmm. you know she would love it it would be so amazing to my wife if she she thought i never struggled right. you know if she was just like peter just all he, he only has eyes for me he never struggles that'd be so wonderful for her and i i wish that that was true right. you know i really do yeah. uh, but like i said there's a part of me that that goes against that yeah. and for her my confession not just to her but to others in my life has been such a strength for her yeah where now she doesn't have to bear this burden of feeling like, oh my gosh, like Peter struggles and he needs to come to me and get that relief or whatever. Yeah. Now she's like, oh, like he talks to men about that yeah. and they pray for him and they help him and they get his eyes on God. And it's like her knowledge that I'm going to these groups is just such a like, like she's told me over and over again. She's like, I thank God that you go to these groups, you know, yeah. that, you're, that you're dealing with your stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, have you, have you noticed that in your marriage as well? Yeah, I've noticed, um, I've noticed that she, there is like this big, and, and it, it just brings more trust to our relationship. Yeah. Like knowing that, Hey, I'm not hiding anything from you. Like I'm not, it's not what it's about. And yeah. you know, that she just, she knows. And at times she's like, you know, you need to go call a brother. Yeah. Like <laughs> she calls me out. Like you need to go yeah. call a brother because yeah. you know, that's what you need to do. You need to go fellowship. You need to get out. Um, and you need to go hang out with the youth or something, yeah. you know, and that's just because she knows the edification it does in my heart that I can return that edification to her. And then our marriage is strengthened because of it. And, you know, this has been a process. It didn't come overnight. Yeah. Like it, yeah was, no. it was real <laughs> difficult for me to originally say like, Hey, here's where I'm at. Yeah. Because initially I told her, look, I've been delivered. And and then having to come back and say, Hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm beat up. I'm jacked up, and here's yeah. what I'm going through. At first, initially, she was mad, but now I see that she's like, "Thank you for telling me. Yeah. Like, I love you. Yeah. We're gonna beat this together." Yeah. You know, there's times because before I was saved, we were we've been together for like 11 years. Yeah. So there was a big chunk of time where I was I was cheating on her yeah. and things like that, and and breaking her heart. And there's times that come up and I'm like, 
I don't even know if it really happened. Yeah. But the last time I had to confess this, she's like, you know what? I have a feeling more stuff's going to come up. And when that comes up, we'll deal with it then together as a whole with Jesus at the center. Mm. And that's the power of God right there. That's the power of love, grace, confession, forgiveness. Yeah. Like only God can bring that about. Yeah. I mean, we know who we are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's not for me. Yeah, that's so beautiful, man, yeah. the way you say that. And, you know, I, I also, I, I hope that, you know, I, I'm pretty sure this happened in your marriage as well, but for my wife, you know, it's it's also motivated her to, like, talk to other women. Oh, yeah. You know, about yeah. her stuff, because she's like, oh, man, like, this is what my husband does yeah. to, to fight his sin. And the thing that I always have to tell men is, like, you're called to lead. Yeah. And when I say you're called to lead, I mean you're leading no matter what. Even if you say I'm not going to be the leader of the marriage, you're leading yeah. and sitting on the bench. Yeah. You know, so like if if I am leading my wife and I'm not confess, she de- she never sees me confess. She never sees me, you know, admit wrong to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, what's that doing in her heart? Right. You know, how is that impacting her relationship with God and the way that she deals with sin? You know, is she learning from me? how to hold stuff inside and put on a false face or is she learning from me how to be real and genuine and deal with the stuff in her heart you know and that's the it's a a heavy like convicting thing for me to wrestle with you know that's Uh, amazing man yeah Yeah. that's really good sure so um yeah um she's actually she's actually an accountability partner to a girl at her work now. Awesome. Man. So, I mean, yeah. like, and, and she comes to me and she's like, Hey, you know, this is, this is what she told me. This is what I'm hearing. You know, what do I do in this situation? And it just, it's, it's really awesome because I can say, well, you know, here's what I would say, yeah. you know, here's exactly what I would say, you know, and it, and it gives her, it gives her room to, to move. And, and we, we interact in a new way when, when that kind of stuff comes up, yeah. like our relationship grows in like a different way. Like we just get more, it's just like this bonding kind of conversation, Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And, and all that comes from confession and, you know, that just kind of opens more doors. And because yeah. in my time of counseling, man, and in my relationship too, you know, the, the porn is a problem don't get me wrong you know the porn in the marriage is a problem and yeah. it definitely hurts the marriage but at the end of the day when i really start getting into the nitty-gritty with a couple it comes back to communication and yeah. trust yeah. those are the biggies yeah. you know where it's almost like the wife would be like if i could just trust him yeah. the porn's actually not a huge <laughs> deal you know if i if we had a a, a relationship where we could talk to each other honestly about these things yeah. Or, you know, just communicate about these issues without getting furious at one another and throwing stuff. You know, yeah. if we just had a relationship like that where I could trust you, you know, th- the porn would not be even like that huge of a thing. Uh, but it always just comes back to that, you know. And, yeah. and so, uh, you know, I hope what you guys are hearing from this is that, you know, if I, if I don't work on communication with my wife, which true, genuine communication comes through truth. Yeah. You yeah. know, you can't have a genuine relationship with someone without truth and there's definitely you know there's definitely a line there where you know with me and my wife i'm certainly not coming home to her every night and saying like hey honey like i lusted after your friend and i lusted after this and i did this and i did that you know i'm not doing that i'm not getting into nitty-gritty details with her uh like i do with my accountability partners the male people that are in my life 
but I am coming home to her and being like, hey, you know, I, I struggled today. Yeah. You know, it was a rough day. Yeah. And, you know, can you pray for me? Yeah. And and she then feels comfortable to say similar things to me. Like, yeah. hey, you know, I struggled too. Yeah. And this was going on in my life. And it's it's really beautiful how a communication is developing in our marriage. And you're absolutely right, Josh. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. You know, when you first start communicating like that, it's rough. It's awkward. It's man. awkward. So it's awkward. rough. It's going to probably do a fight, to yeah. be honest. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. but over time you know if you persevere yeah. it let, right galatians 6 verse 9 let us not grow weary while doing good yeah. for in due season you will reap a harvest yeah. if you do not lose heart uh you know I, I think that way all the time with my wife of you know if i put in the time and the effort and i plow the field then things can, can start yeah. germinating and growing and yeah. it, it's beautiful i mean the i wouldn't trade the the intimacy that i have with my wife for anything in the world you know and just yeah. our communication and stuff yeah yeah so yeah and i think I think when it comes to our wives, we just need to understand that, um, like you said, we are the leaders. We need to meet them where they're at. Yeah. You know, that's a big part of it is, and, um, you know, a big thing that has been for us is, you know, if I'm struggling and I just walk in and, you know, hey, babe, can you put your hands on me and just pray for me right now? And, I mean, these things open up doors to other conversations and i'm not going to pretend that we have like a perfect marriage yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're still working through some stuff that's been there but we slowly are communicating like i know i can pick up the phone and call her right now and say hey babe pray for me over the phone right now and like she'll she'll pray for me she'll put out a group text like that's yeah. what she does she brings in the body yeah. and six months ago this wasn't happening yeah you know you know, it just wasn't, and it wasn't, it wasn't a lack on her part. Yeah. It was me on my part saying, all right, this isn't her battle. Yeah. But in in reality, she's my wife. She's my one, she, we're one flesh. Yeah. Whatever she's battling with, I'm battling with. Yeah. Whatever I'm battling with, she's battling with. So yeah. I think we need to, we need to be aware of that, mm. you know, and really understand that, um, our wives need to be a priority yeah. even in this struggle, yeah. you know, in any struggle, you yeah. know, there's times when I, when I get off work and it's just like, I don't really want to spend time with anybody yeah. and she's aware of it and it hurts her. Yeah. And she's, she's slowly learning that she can, she can say, Hey, you know, I need some attention from you. Right. Like you need to, you need to die to yourself right now. Yeah. And that's cool. Like, yeah. you know, and you know, when she first started doing this, it would offend me. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I worked all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, wait a minute. Like, if that's how she feels, like, I need to take that to heart. Mm. Like, because that's, that's God's daughter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and if we start doing that, if we start having that in our, like, there's no way God's, like, pleased with that. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, you're, like, you're, you're absolutely right, man. I think about, you know, Jesus, when he, uh, just, he had just a really rough day, right? And he just wanted to get with his disciples alone and just hang out with them. Yeah. And then the masses came, <laughs> and his disciples are like, dude, let's send these people away. Yeah. And Jesus is like, nope. And he went out and he ministered to them. And it's it's like, you know, that's his bride. You know, yeah. it's Jesus' bride. And that's how he felt of just like, you know, I, I put the needs of my bride above my own. Yeah. And uh, something that Bo told me before I first got married, which has helped me greatly, is, you know, because I work in ministry where, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with people and their emotions and it's rough. It's hard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I'm driving home, I just want to, like, kind of zone out and just go home and just relax. Yeah. And Bo told me, he's like, dude, when I go home, 
He's like, I get into more intense prayer than before I go to work. Because yeah. I'm like, dude, now the real ministry starts. Yeah. And uh, it's it's been that's that's been something that's benefited me greatly. Yeah. You know, because your expectations definitely uh, they reflect in the way you treat your wife. Yeah. You know, so if I'm going home expecting her to just be like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> you know, you had such a long day. You just sit down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. But you know, what when I in my selfishness, I don't think like, man, maybe she's been putting up with a lot of junk today yeah, too yeah. you know and maybe she's had a really rough day yeah. and maybe maybe i need to be there for her yeah. maybe she's depressed and maybe you know but i don't think that way because i'm like oh my day was so hard yeah. you know and it, so that's that's a really good point man yeah. and there's another good point that you said earlier where you know i think in our hearts we can kind of justify not communicating with our spouses because we think oh it's it's for their betterment like yeah. i'm protecting them yeah but, you know, you put it so well. It's like, dude, my wife ain't stupid. Yeah. You know, she's not dumb. Yeah. If I'm struggling, she's not like, oh, I think Peter's okay. <laughs> you know, like she knows. Yeah. So oh. if I don't say anything to her, it's going to impact our marriage because her assumption is going to be, I must have done something. Yeah. You know, something's wrong with the marriage. Peter's upset. You know, something's going on. And if I don't tell her, like, hey, you know what, honey, like, I'm, I'm struggling. Can you just pray with, for me? Like, if I don't say at least that much, yeah. she's going to assume that I'm, I'm angry at her, yeah. which has happened a lot of times yeah. now where, where she's just convinced that I'm pissed at her. And I'm like, no, like, it's the opposite. You know, I, I love you, yeah. you know, but this junk's happening in my life and I yeah. need help, you know. Yeah. And But, you know, in the, in the, uh, uh, in the illusion of protecting her feelings yeah. you know i've actually just really damaged her yeah. uh without doing that yeah but anyway man that was a that was a really good chat that, that we got to have josh yeah. i'm gonna wrap this podcast up but uh man it was great to have you yeah yeah i hope to man. hear more from you yeah for uh sure. for sure man uh so this is uh this has been the running light podcast if you guys want to hear more we're on uh betterpleasure.org or uh, uh runninglight.com and, uh, you know, if you want to ever email us a question or something like that, we'd be happy to get to it. Uh, my email is peter at runninglight.com and uh, Bo's is Bo at runninglight.com. Uh, so <laughs> I know, real tough to remember. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you guys. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at runninglight or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.